What's up, Chelsea fans? You're in for a historic day and the first ever episode of the Roman's Empire podcast. My name is Zach Corey, and I'm alongside longtime Chelsea supporter and very close friend of mine, Mr. Sam Bogger. Basically, what we want to do here is open up a dialogue between all the Chelsea fans in America and hopefully the world abroad. So, Sam, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, thanks so much for allowing me to join you here, Zach. Uh, we've been talking about starting a Chelsea pod for a while, and I'm excited to finally get started with you. Likewise, my friend. So, before we get started, be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Romans Empire Pod, or send us feedback, criticisms, or any questions you might have to our Gmail account, which is RomansEmpirePod at gmail.com. So, diving right into it. The Diego Costa saga. Ah, where do I begin with this one? It's been an emotional roller coaster to say the least, over the past three years since he's joined the club. Yeah. But apparently... Antonio Conte texted Diego Costa that he's not in his future plans. I mean, this does come off the heels of Diego Costa's head being turned by the whole China thing. And it does occasionally pout about going back to Atletico and saying how much he loves the club. So my first question to you, Sam, is what do you make of all this? Well, I can't say that I'm completely surprised by this. Let, let's go back to the beginning of the season. Just remember the kind of start that Diego Costa had and how that ultimately led to Chelsea winning the Premier League. 16 goals through December, five in the first five goal games, and he finished the season with 20 goals. How do you start off the season with 16 and only score four the rest of the season? I mean, clearly, like you said, after he got that offer from China, he started disappearing. Something was going on through his head. I mean, I guess it's, to be fair to him, if, if someone comes in and offers you triple your wages... You're going to have your head turned. Yeah, I'm not, I can't blame the guy for that, but that's just a matter of the fact. It's and, just football. Yeah, and, yeah, and Conte understands that. He realizes that, and I don't think that is eligible for what we're trying to do with our club in the future. In the long term, I think it's the right decision because you don't want to have something that could potentially be cancerous in the dressing room. Now, he has had problems in the past. We know that. Conte knows that. He's not a dumb guy. Making this move is ensuring the safety of the dressing room in the long term. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, like you said, 16 goals by the time January rolled around, that's insane. Mm -hmm. That's Drogba-esque. And I know a lot of people have been drawing comparisons between Diego Costa and Drogba, and it's warranted because at the top of his game, he's an elite striker. But with that being said, it is time to move on. I think we do have other options that we could look at. And, you know, we're always going to thank him for what he did for the club. But we got to move on. So we both agree that this is the right move, right? Yeah. I, th as long I think as, it's inevitable. I think it's the right move as long as they can bring in someone that can replace him. And let's, let's move on to that, actually. So the two guys that have been in talks most, Lukaku, Murata, what do you think about that, about those two players coming in? Both of them are phenomenal players overall. They're both young. They're both pacey. They both they both fit the ideal mold for a Premier League striker. Now, you go and look. You look at Romelu Lukaku just to give you an idea. Thirty five, uh, thirty seven Premier League appearances, twenty five goals, six assists. This guy has contributed directly to thirty one goals in thirty seven matches, in 
arguably the toughest league in the world. Now you look at Diego Costa on the flip side. I mean, 35 appearances, 20 goals, and 7 assists. That's not too shabby. Mm-hmm. But you're also talking about Romelu Lukaku coming from a team that doesn't create the amount of chances Chelsea does. Not even I think close, that's no. I think that's huge. Lukaku isn't only one-footed. He doesn't only shoot with his right or his left or with his head. He can do everything offensively. My concern with Romelu Lukaku is defensively. He has 0.7 clearances per match compared to Diego Costa's 1.1. Mm-hmm. Diego Costa is a workhorse up top. Now, when he's not providing offensively, he's helping out defensively. Now, Lukaku being linked to an Antonio Conte team, is it's odd because he doesn't fit the Conte mold. That's where Morata fits in. Morata's mm-hmm. powerful. He's fast. He could play on the wings. He could play through the middle. He could possess. He could hold play. But he also works hard defensively. He has been linked with Man United, though. So usually when Man United wants a player, they get him. Yeah. So I don't know if I don't know if Morata's gonna happen. Lukaku is pretty much set in stone. I think every Chelsea fan is expecting him to sign a contract sooner rather than later. But either way, I'd I'd be happy. So we're talking about bringing in a new striker. Where does Michi factor in out of all of this? Michi Batshuayi is a very interesting one. Um, probably the most misunderstood player on Chelsea's squad last season. Uh, that's fair to say. You know, he did he did come under a lot of scrutiny last season. You know, people were saying his performances weren't good enough. He can't play up top. He's not good enough for the Premier League. We should have sent him on loan. This is what I have to say to them. You don't go out and spend $30 million on a striker who's 23 years old to toss him after the first season. Yeah, that, that's an investment. You don't, it, that's it's not a long-term long investment. $30 million, I mean, maybe in this transfer window, $30 million doesn't seem like a lot. But you're talking about potential. You're not investing in the player we have now. You're investing in the player we're going to have in three, four, five years from now. Now with Michi, it's a complicated situation because he didn't fit in our system. He Mm -hmm. does not work well alone. He needs a strike partner. And I think Antonio Conte got a grip for that towards the end of the season. I mean, you look back at the Hawthorns and how could we forget that game winner? He won us the title. But... Costa was having a blinder that game. He was playing terribly. Mm-hmm. Brought on Michi Batshuayi, played him next to Costa. Now you have two poachers inside the 18-yard box. He's a completely different player when you play him alongside another striker. Oh, oh of course. Yeah. I, I agree completely. And, you know, going back to your question, I think he's good enough. Mm-hmm. I think eventually this is a guy who's going to come into fruition and who's going to be a big player for the club. Uh-huh. May, it might not be next season. It might not be the season after. But I don't want to see him go out on loan. I really want to see him stay. I want to see what this guy's about. And especially if we play him up top with a strike partner, it'll look really good. And let's say we do get Lukaku. They're both Belgian. You have Hazard playing in right behind him. That's some good team chemistry going on. And if, we run, if we're going to be running a 3-5-2 formation, then we're going to need to keep him. We can't, we can't put him out You're on loan. You're going to need especially. more depth in terms of strikers. And, 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 and I think that's... I think that's great to have a guy like that who could play up top. And when he's with a partner, it's even better. Now, like I said, his age is pretty young, and he is inexperienced. But I'm urging Chelsea fans mm-hmm. to please stay patient with this guy because he is he something special. Yeah, you don't want to make the same mistake that we made with Lukaku, with De Bruyne, with all these other young players that we gave up because uh, we weren't patient don't, enough. Don't remind me. You know, 
that's that's a whole other situation in itself. The flip side to that statement, Sam, and what I would tell you is when we sold the Bruin, who did we buy right after? Cesc Fabregas. So that's typical Jose Mourinho. Let's sell a young, promising player and let's bring in an experienced veteran who's going to come in and have an instant impact on the squad. Yeah, not not quite the long-term answer, but it works. It works in the meantime. It definitely works in the meantime. So moving on now, we got the latest transfer rumors. Mm -hmm. I think this is a deal that is uh, more likely to happen sooner rather than later. Uh, Bakayoko from Monaco. I'm not going to try and pronounce this guy's first name because (laughs) let me tell you something. I must have misspelled it maybe three or four times while writing this script before I actually Googled it. And when I Googled it, I still spelled it wrong. So an autocorrect's not fixing that for you. No way, dude. I mean, I'm not even going to try it either. I know Chelsea gets linked with everyone. And their mother. Tiamoye. That's my attempt. Tiamoye. I I, I don't know. Tiamoye sounds nice too. It does sound nice. We'll we'll go Bakayoko. Just Bakayoko. So going back to, going back to the conversation, you know, Chelsea does get linked to everybody in the transfer window. Even if they have a possibility of leaving, Chelsea somehow finds a way to get linked to them. The guy's from Monaco. He's 23 years old. He's a midfield bruiser. And people are saying he's going to be an upgrade on Matic. I mean, some would this be a good buy? He would definitely be an upgrade on Matic. I mean, when you're playing with only three guys back, that defensive midfield needs to be strong it needs to be fast it needs to be mobile and unfortunately Matic just can't provide that anymore uh I think that Bakayoko his ability to push up and uh give a little bit of relief to Fabregas give relief to guys like Hazard they don't have to push back as much you know Conte was covering twice the amount of the ground that he, he should be you know, because Matic can't move around like like he can. I mean, he used to. So, some games Matic would just play terribly. Uh-huh. And Conte would literally be... I mean, Hazard said that during the season. He said playing with N'Golo Conte is like playing with two players. He said something along those He's lines. He's like playing with three players sometimes, Dude, honestly. Some games. It's, that's spot on. Yeah. I mean, when you really think about We're it... We're playing with 13 men on the field <laughs> anytime N'Golo Conte is on the field. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's ridiculous, you know. In my opinion, this whole Bakayoko thing, it would be an upgrade on Matic. So where now, does that leave us with Matic? Is he going to be on the team next year, or you think he's going to be gone? I think I think we sell him. I really do. I mean, call me crazy, but I always thought Matic would be better suited in this system that Conte plays mm-hmm. as a left-sided center back. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's what six four. He's the same size as Gary he's, Cahill. He's, he's I mean, huge. Yeah. He could cover he could cover ground. He's decent at covering ground. But if you're gonna put him in a midfield pivot with two midfielders like we did this past season, uh-huh. he struggles and it shows his weakness. Now, with Bakayoko, you're looking at a guy who's way more mobile. He could move the ball. He's very technical. And he's huge. Have you seen this guy? Big guy. He looks like LeBron. I'd I mean, love to see him. <laughs> And Conte together. It's going to be funny. It, it, Little it, Conte next to him. N'Golo Conte is going to look tiny next yeah. to him. But their, their skill sets are going to blend really, really well with each other. And this is something I'm really looking forward to. And I hope I hope this happens. It's a, And, I, and maybe, maybe this is a recurring theme with Conte. I mean, 
all the players that we have been linked with, for the most part, not all of them, mm-hmm. but for the most part, they're young. Yeah, definitely. It, it, he's so looking the, to the future. This it, is something that Chelsea has struggled with in the past you know, couple seasons. Yeah, and you know, this is this is a move I'm looking forward to. And you know, and if I'm going to be completely honest with you, this is also a player that I bought in my FIFA for <laughs> my manager mode. Yeah, and. He's awesome. So (laughs) seeing him in a Chelsea jersey for real this time and not on my my Xbox. So we've done some research actually. And yeah, it works on FIFA. (laughs) So it's probably going to work in real life too. It does work. It definitely does work on FIFA. So speaking of FIFA, another move I tried to make on there but failed miserably Mm. because Juve wants the most ridiculous price tag ever for this guy. Alexandro Mm. is a guy that's been linked to the club over the past couple weeks heavily. Conte really, really seems to like this guy. I like him too. I, he, he's phenomenal. So, just to give you a quick rundown, we offered fifty million reportedly. Juve turned it down. We offered sixty. They turned it down again. Now we went back with an improved offer. Keep in mind, this is a left wing back. Yeah. Spending fifty million on any player, let alone a left wing back, is major. We've never seen someone spend so much on a player like that. So we come back with a higher bid. Juve comes out. They said, yes, we've received an offer, but it's up to the player at the end of the day. So apparently this offer was substantial enough to perk Juve's eyebrows Mm -hmm. and say, maybe we get rid of this guy. Maybe we can invest our money somewhere else. So my question to you, Sam, is it, is it worth the money? I mean, let's say it's over 60 million. So let's say it's about 65 or 70. Mm -hmm. Is it worth it? It's not worth it for every team, but for the the formation that we're going to be running next year, that left wing back or just any wing back, he can play on the left or the right side. That is so crucial for what we're trying to get done next year, especially if we get Lukaku. Can you imagine playing crosses in? Yeah, he's a phenomenal crosser. Yeah. I mean that's one of his that's one of his. Strengths. I mean he, he he's a he is a wing back, but he could definitely be a winger, and he should be a winger. Could the, be. the way that he got that Brazilian DNA, so yeah, we got it. We always got to remember that. It, my my issue with this is seventy million is a lot of money for a wing back, but when you have two hundred and fifty million pounds to use this summer, I mean, really, it's a position. How much is seventy million? It is a position that needed to get upgraded. Um, you know, where does it leave Marcus Alonso? Who knows? It creates a good situation in the dressing room because now Marcus Alonso has competition for his spot. Yeah. I mean, we tried, we, we brought Nathan Ake back from Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. We tried him at left wing back against Brentford. I, I thought, I thought, I thought he played decent. I thought he held his own, but he didn't look like he would have held up in a Premier League match at a left wing back position. I think he's more suited to center back. And we tried Kennedy there towards the end of the season. And, dude, okay, just a quick rant about Kennedy. I was all over this guy in 2015-16. I mean, he was he, he played awesome. He was playing left back. So you'd think that that, that transition to left wing back would be, would be natural to him. But Conte doesn't like him for whatever reason, and I trust him. Going back to Alexandro, mm-hmm. $70 million for a left wing back. Is it worth it? It's still to be seen. What, I don't but, care. What, I don't care if he's world class. The expectations are going to be really, really high up on this guy. I've seen him play, and I'm impressed. So let's say we don't go after him. Are there any other options out there for a wing back that are more financially logical? If the deal does fall through, I think the other person you should, 
we should target would be Jonas Hector, mm-hmm. the German international. Um, he's he's very versatile. I mean, he plays at left back. Sometimes he plays center back. Sometimes he plays a six. He plays defensive mid. Mm-hmm. That's normal for him. You got a, a a great ball player, a guy who could run up and down the field, who could overlap, who could play in crosses, um, who's tactically aware, mm-hmm. very similar to Alexandro. Um, that's what I mean. I wouldn't mind us going after him if the Alexandro deal fails. Now, don't think that I'm a completely against this Alexandro thing. I think it's going to be ridiculous. If we get him, I will be so happy. Yeah. For whatever, regardless of the price we pay, I'm going to be rooting for him. But seventy million for a wing back. I think you got you definitely make a good point. It's a little steep, and I keep going back to it. I know I sound like a broken record, but this is something when you think about it. It doesn't sound financially logical. Yeah. So we've talked a little bit about Conte's plan on improving the striker position, defensive midfield, that wing back. What other positions do we need to look towards and strengthening this this transfer window? Um. Well, as I was writing the script yesterday, I obviously couldn't include the news that came out this morning, which was Conte reportedly telling the club that he wants either Benucci or Van Dyke. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, so here's where I stand. If we get Leonardo Benucci, I mean, I know we've been linked with some pretty ridiculous transfers. I think we all remember the Messi saga a couple mm-hmm. years ago. Like, there was no way that was going to happen. Yeah. When I first saw that we were linked with Benucci in the beginning of the summer, I thought there's no way the best center back in the world is going to leave a club that made the Champions League final, a very impressive Champions League campaign, regardless of how bad they played in the final. Yeah. There's no way he's going to leave. But we keep hearing these rumblings. They're not going away. And Benucci's, Benucci's not putting it to bed either. Yeah, I mean, these, make, these, make, these rumors make a lot more sense because he's played for Conte, both at Juventus and with Italia. So, I mean, this makes a lot more sense than those messy rumors. But, you know... Putting them, putting them on our back three alongside David Luiz. And if we have Cahill, or if we have Dave back there with them, that that's comparable ridiculous. to the Juventus back three as well, right? It's ridiculous. Right? Maybe not in terms of quality, but he is used to the system. So he's going to he's gonna know how to play in that back three. Now, he could, the, the thing with Benucci is he's so good with the ball. He could play up the middle. He could play on the left or the right. He's just that good. He's top class. Now, and imagine terms, having Lukaku on top to receive those balls from him. Well, Lukaku's ridiculous in the air, and it's something that I haven't stressed enough in this pod. But Lukaku is just a behemoth when you when you kick the ball up in the air. He will get it. Yeah, he's huge and he's a freak in terms of athleticism. Now, Bonucci was third in Europe's top five leagues for long balls played last season. He had 210 long balls completed. As a center back. As a center back. Now, that's just insane. And and the other two people on their list, Tony Cruz and who was the other person on the list? I think it was Danny Garcia. Yeah, two guys who are midfielders. I mean, those those guys are true sixes. Yeah. So if we get Benucci, I'll be happy. But... Virgil van Dijk has been linked to the club. And I think that's a little bit more realistic. Um, I, I do think that's a, a, it could be a more realistic option, mainly because he's a he's an established Premier League player. Mm-hmm. Not saying Benucci wouldn't establish himself in a Premier League. I think he'll, he'll fit in just fine here. And, and alluding back to the point where, you know, 
Conte seems to buy players that are younger, players that he has, that, players where he knows he has four, five, six years to work with. Yeah. Virgil Van Dyke is, I think he's twenty five or twenty six. He had a ridiculous year at Southampton, and he he would fit in really well with our back line too. Yeah, but they're probably gonna ask for more money than Juventus would ask for Benucci. I feel. I think so. Benucci's. 29 it's yeah. going on 30 so and for that reason you're not going to pay 60 or 70 million for a 30 year old center back mm -hmm. but with Virgil van Dijk I mean I know that they've the the just numbers that have been thrown out there during this transfer window he had 50 million he had 60 million um that's the price range we're going to be looking for and it's it's just insane to me how high these prices are getting in the transfer window I mean it's it's ridiculous. Eighty million for one player. That's that's as much as they're gonna make in their whole career. Let's say if they have like an eight to ten year career, that's as much as they're gonna make in their whole entire career. That's that's nuts. Yeah. I, Especially in the past couple of years, the, these transfer fees have been ridiculous. But hey, that's that's how the market's been affecting us. And you know, when Manchester United, I mean, pays that much money, then. Well, they they really set the bar for everyone else. Exactly. I mean, then everything follows. Everything's gonna follow behind that. So definitely, you know, I just want to talk about another player who has been linked to the club. We haven't really heard much about him lately, but uh, Bernadeschi from Fiorentina, mm -hmm. Italian. So that takes one box. Ciao, ciao. He could play up top as a striker. He could play as a winger or even a wing back if we're going really attacking. Now, he has been linked with us. Would I want him? Yeah, for the right price. Mm -hmm. As far as I'm concerned, Alexandro, we're going to be overpaying. Maybe not overpaying, but we're paying a lot. Okay? Uh -huh. You got Lukaku, 70 million. That's 140 down. Let's say we spend another 50 on Virgil van Dijk, 50 or 60. We'll just say 60. Okay. We're at about 200 million right now. There's other positions that need to be strengthened. Bernadeschi is going to go for 35 or 40 in that region. Mm -hmm. We're not going to have anything left in our war chest to spend. So all things considered with the transfer fees and everything, prioritize these players as far as what Chelsea should go after. Alexandro, Bakayoko, Lukaku. And then you could, take, you could take your pick between Benucci or Van Dijk. I mean, both those guys are top class. Yeah, sure. So rank them and how important you think it is for us to nail it, for nailing them oh man well bakayoko is pretty much a done deal okay. um so i won't i won't include him i do think uh, a center back is going to be more important um but not as important as getting a striker mm -hmm. now we need a striker diego costa's gone miji batuai is not gonna be able to lead the line um at least not this year so lukaku or murata take your pick yeah I think it's Lukaku. I think pretty much every Chelsea fan could agree it's Lukaku. Wait, could, is there a way that we can get both of them, Murata and Lukaku? If Roman Abramovich whips out his checkbook and says, here, you take it. I mean, look, Lukaku... That would be nice, though, huh? I, it's going to be Lukaku. It, it would be nice. Yeah. I like the dream. But it, it's going to be Lukaku. Murata's pretty much going to Man United. Yeah, he's going to end up in Man yeah. Um So I would put Lukaku at one. I'll put, I'll put Benucci at two, just because I would love to see him in a Chelsea jersey. Yeah, but a part of me, a part of me just says he's not gonna leave that yeah. new Bay team. Part of the reason why I want to see him is because I never really would have thought to see him play for another team. Ever. And 
That would be that would be awesome. It's unprecedented in yeah. general. I mean, you look at Italians in general. It's very it's very odd for them to you know even if they're playing on a lower level Serie A team, mm-hmm. it's it's odd for them not to go to Juve. <laughs> like it, it it's odd for them to go anywhere but Juve. Yeah, unless um, your name is Dotti. Unless your name, and you're gonna stay. At, you're gonna stay at your club. Yeah. I mean, that guy. <laughs> football's gonna miss him. But so I, I would, I would definitely put Benucci at two, um, Van Dyke at three, just because I really want to stress that center back importance, um, and then maybe Bernadeschi at four. Like I said, that guy ticks a lot of boxes. I know I haven't talked a lot about him, but he has tons of flair. Mm-hmm. He's great at whipping and crosses. His finishing product does need a little bit of a little bit of work, but if he gets that down. I mean, this is he could be a really impactful player. And he's playing for an Italian manager. Let's not forget mm-hmm. that. He's gonna be spurred by the fact that an Italian manager wants to bring him to his English club. Yeah, he's gonna try he's gonna try extra hard. That, that's that, that's roster. gonna be that's gonna be a, a huge deciding factor if we decide to go after him, which I really, really hope we do. I think it's a realistic option. Um how about how about we dive into other big news? Yeah, let's 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 go into that. So this is one that I feel very indifferent about, and, and, I'll, and I'll go into it after you get the chance to answer the question, but Bertrand Traore is on the brink of transferring to Lyon. Looks, looks like a 16 to $17 million fee. Good business? Well, Conte had a preseason to work with him and see if he'd work in with the team, but I, I trust the manager. He, he's made yeah. a lot of good decisions this past season. He hasn't given us a reason not to trust. Yeah, him. so I'm gonna I'm gonna believe. I think this is a good business deal. I mean, we might need this money to make other deals That's this summer. Point. So yeah. uh, you know, getting 15, 17 million off of someone who really wasn't contributing much to the team, I like it. Now, this is a confusing situation for me. I don't I don't I don't know how to feel about this. I mean. This is a guy where last season, or two seasons ago, excuse me, under under Gus Hiddink, when he gave him his chance, he grabbed it, you know, by the horns for the most part. I mean, he, he performed well. He's shown, especially this season at Ajax when he was on loan, that he could play anywhere across the front three. Now, mainly he was on the right side, but that front three of Ajax was killer, and he was a huge part of that, of that Europa League run that they had. Now... For the money, is it good business for us? I don't know. But if you flip the question around, is it good business for Lyon? Hell yeah. Yeah. But... They're getting a heck of a player. Now, if this deal does go through and it's pretty much done, I mean, all sources are pointing that there's just, you know, little little things that they need mm-hmm. to that they need to iron out before this deal, you know, crosses the line. But I hope and I pray that we put a buyback clause on this guy because maybe he's not ready to contrib- contribute to the squad now, and maybe this is something Conte saw. You know, maybe in three, four years, maybe in two years, it might be like a Dale Lefebvre situation mm-hmm. where, you know, you're not cutting it at Barca, shipped him off to Everton, you know, did okay, went through a couple of different loan spells, and now they want him back mm-hmm. because now he's performing. Now he's showing that maybe there's something that he could contribute to the team. So... With Bertrand Traore, I want to buy back Claus. I want another chance to look at the guy. I think he has something that we could offer. Maybe he won't come back as like a surefire starter, but he could come back as a good squad player. Definitely a Premier League player. I think he has a quality. Yeah, and and another player, just to move on, that have been rumored and pretty much a done deal to be loaned out this season 
Tammy Abraham oh. going to Swansea, joining Paul Clement there. This guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it should yeah. be done and completed when he gets back from the Euros, the U21 Euros. He managed 26 goals, three assists for Bristol City last year. How do you expect him to progress this season with Swansea? A 19-year-old in the championship, scoring 26 goals for a team that struggled. Albeit, it is the championship, but the, the yeah, qual- the, 26 goals. He's 19, yeah. and his team sucked. You can't discredit His team that. was crap. So 26 goals is not shabby, dude. I mean, 19. Let me stress that to you again. 19. We have time with this guy. Mm-hmm. A lot of Chelsea fans are up in arms about him going out on loan. No. We shouldn't be up in arms about that. He needs playing time. He's not going to get that time on Chelsea. We're going to buy Lukaku. Keep in mind, Lukaku's young. This is not a guy that's going to need to get rested every other game. This is a guy that's going to be playing almost every single week. Now, to Swansea, is that a good move? Yeah, of course it is. Paul Clement's the coach, so there's your tie with Chelsea. Mm-hmm. He's going to be behind Fernando Llorente in the pecking order. That guy's well into his 30s. I mean, he's injury prone. He gets hurt. He's going to get a lot of time. Now, if you're a Swansea fan, I, I feel so bad for you because you went through so much last season. But if you get a hold of Gilfie Sigerson and you could keep him at the club, you have Fernando Llorente and Tammy Abraham playing in Together, front. Together, yeah. They could pull a Bournemouth mm-hmm. where, you know, maybe they could sneak into that top 10 or top 12. You know, I feel like they've made that threat the past couple of years and never really pushed through. And then last season but... was just like a one-off, I feel like, for them. Because they, they're one of those clubs that they're kind of hard to hate. Yeah. They play possession-style soccer, which is a little different for the Premier League. But they're... Their mouth-watering side, if they could keep Gilfie Sigurdsson. That's a key for them. But anyways, this is a Chelsea podcast. So yeah, let's... Tammy Abraham is going to be a great fit for that team. And hopefully he, hopefully he uh, progresses well and we'll be able to get him back in either next year or the year after that and, and plug him straight into our system. And I'm sure he'll be able to flourish. And I think, I think I'm another... really excited to see how he improves his game. I completely agree. And, and I think Chelsea does look at him highly. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at the other forwards that came through our youth ranks in the past couple of years. I mean, Izzy Brown, Dom Solanke, Tammy Abraham. Izzy Brown is probably going to get sold to Huddersfield. I mean, that's what all the reports are telling us for about eight and a half. Dom Solanke's gone. I mean, that guy's at Liverpool. Remember last season, he wanted 50 grand a week and he wasn't even a regular pl- a regular player in that in our side. 50 grand a week for someone that doesn't play. We gave Tammy Abraham fifty grand a week, mm-hmm. and then we loaned him off to Swansea. If if that doesn't show faith that maybe this guy is going to become something in the next couple of years, then I don't know what does. I know uh, me and the rest of Chelsea fans are going to be hoping that he is a real deal. In the oh next yeah, years and and he's English. Yeah, and that's that, that looks really good for. Well, well, domestically we're going to fit our quota, which is going to help a lot. Gary Cahill's getting up there in age. You know, maybe Victor Moses doesn't stay in our in our side that much longer as a starter. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to need those English players. So, you know, that's a that that's that's a move to look forward to. And for this season and this season only, I might be a Swansea fan. Um, moving on, we got another big piece of news, and this is something that I know every Chelsea fan's really happy about. Antonio Conte is about to sign a new deal. 
worth nine and a half million a year. Now, if you really thought that he wasn't happy here, no. or that he was disappointed, <laughs> go fuck yourself. Yeah. Seriously, like, why would he not be happy here? I mean, like, growing up in America, I mean, you read all of the headlines from all of these English uh, soccer, you know, magazines. It's it's like it's like the gossip magazines, like the People magazines, in here in America, they honestly. They talk about any rumor just to get excitement. Like, you know, of why would he be disappointed it's, in a it's, team where he just won Premier League? Yeah. He's given, like, a, more control than most managers do in their whole entire lifetime. And, you know, like, just the, the, the talent that he's building around him, why would he want to leave? It's just, like, it, it, it kind of reminds me of the whole LeBron saga that's happening <laughs> now. I mean, I know this is an American podcast, so you could talk basketball. Yeah. But. People are saying LeBron wants to leave Cleveland again. It's very similar to this whole Antonio Conte thing. Mm -hmm. Why would you leave somewhere that where you had success? Now, Antonio Conte, obviously more more uh, fresh off that success than LeBron is, but like, come on, give me a break. It's it's, it's, it's as if if Conte doesn't say that he's going to resign and that he's really happy, then that he's upset. And he has to actually literally say it out loud, explicitly say it, that he's happy or else he's not. And, and you know what? And, and that's a great point because out of all the managers we've had, he's very honest, mm -hmm. especially in his press conferences. He doesn't bullshit us. He doesn't tell us what we want to hear. He tells us exactly what he's thinking. And if he really did have an issue with Chelsea, I'm sure he'd force his way out. That's what he did. That's what he did at Juve. Yeah. He forced his way out. He wasn't happy with management. He let it be known and he moved on. When you see the manager... After someone scores a goal, jumping <laughs> up and down, running into the stands and cheering with the fans, how could you possibly think that guy is going to leave the team next year? It's he loves. I think he loves it's it here. So and so, cool. we love him as well. We and he he has the possibility of becoming the next special one. I mean, that's a, that's a strong statement. Yeah. but you know, it's not far fetched. No, and and that ties into my next question. How long do you really see him staying at the club, realistically speaking? Because especially in modern football, the, the turnaround for managers is a couple years at most. Well, we just discussed how stupid it would have been to think that he's going to leave the season after he wins a Premier title. And I can't tell the future. I mean, what if we win the Premier League, Premier League title every year for the next five years? I mean... Probably not going to happen, but let's cross our fingers. Say it's going to happen. Look, if we why get, would he ever leave? If, if we get if we get Panucci, <laughs> if, we get, if we get Alexander, See, this, is, we how, get this is how you know this is a Chelsea podcast because look, we're talking about winning the Premier League title five years in a row. Slightly, <laughs> slight, slightly biased. I mean, okay, but I think it's it safe. could happen though. Why not? I mean, I, I mean, who else is it going to be? It's definitely not going to be Arsenal. Yeah, definitely not going to be Arsenal. So, but, but if we can keep. Uh, this success going on for a long term, then I don't see any reason for him wanting to leave. And but if if something doesn't turn out the way, you know, there's bad deals going on, bad things with ownership, you know. But that stuff hasn't happened yet. So I hope to see him stay for a long time. I'd love to see him stay for a long time. You know, I'm 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 sure the Chelsea fans have welcomed him. You know, like he's one of our own. Like he's been here forever. He is, he is one of our yeah, own. Yeah, he's I, only been here for a short year. So that's that's more than safe to say. Now, this this unrest, supposed unrest. No, I'm, I'm throwing up my my air quotation. Yeah, marks you can right see now, that because this is supposed. I look like Doctor Evil, laser. <laughs> Anyways, freaking laser beams. So this this supposed unrest 
with Emanalo he, he did the quote in the thing front again. office. <laughs> it, it it all stems from us having a lack of summer signings. Now, you look at the other clubs that are in England right now. Man United's already making moves. Mm-hmm. Man City's making moves. Arsenal's been linked with a lot of people. They're probably not going to make a move because Wenger's a cheapskate. But anyways. But but you got you got Liverpool making moves. Um, Everton's come on to come up now. Tottenham. Now, this is where all the unrest comes from. Some managers, and this is what everybody needs to get through their minds. Some managers wait in a transfer window. And I'll explain why. It's smarter if you prolong the process of bringing a player to the club. If a player wants to play for you, they're only going to move to your club. Yeah. If you wait towards the end of the transfer window, the price is going to drop. Mm-hmm. You might save a couple dollars. Now, I'm not saying we're going to wait till the end of the transfer window for any of these moves to go through. If you ask me, I think Alexandro, I think Lukaku, I think Bakayoko. Those are, th- those are deals that are going to go through sooner rather than later. Yeah. But other deals, I mean, our center back situation, price is going to drop. Virgil van Dijk was a hot property month, maybe month and a half ago. Yeah. That whole Liverpool ordeal was a mess. We haven't heard about him since. Now, maybe it's a smart move. It's a buying tactic. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that there's unrest. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean that at all. Now, would would I like us to make moves sooner? Yeah. But guess what? It's not FIFA. Yeah. You're not playing a video game. This yeah, we can't sim through the this next month. You're you're playing with real money. Uh-huh. And you're not talking chump change. You're talking tens of millions of dollars. So And other teams know that Chelsea is willing to spend money and that we're in a win now mood. So they're gonna take advantage of that as well. Maybe it's part of the plan. I mean, maybe the other teams are making moves to fend off the early the, the interest from Chelsea mm-hmm. because we know we have money. Yeah. So that's just one thing to look at, you know. He's not leaving. And I if it's up to me, I'd keep him here as long as he wants to be here. Mm-hmm. And if and if we do, you know, if he does stay for two or three years and he leaves, I'm gonna tip my hat to him because yeah. this guy is the godfather. He is what he says he is. Anyone I mean, who brings a title to London in their first season, I mean he's he's up there with I I think Ancelotti did it. Mm-hmm. Maybe Manuel Pellegrini. But he, he Di Matteo won that was Champions League, but yeah. it was Champions League. But dude, I mean, I know the, the, this is, in, this will live. He's on in good company for sure. That goes without saying. He's in good company, and and right now he's one of the top managers in all of Europe too. I mean, just just that he's young. Yeah, I mean, this guy's got youth on his side. I'm really excited to see how his career is going to finish up. I hope I'm, he finishes up with uh, that nice blazer suit with the Chelsea lapel on his oh, lapel. Yeah, so, that's beautiful, man. You know that that's. My hope, but you know, if he leaves, I, I'm with you. I'm gonna remember him for all the good that he's done. Oh yeah. And I mean, we don't even know what he's gonna be doing the next two years. You know, it could be even even better and bigger than what we did this year. I think it is. Last year he had to work with whatever he had. I mean, do you remember the beginning of the season? He played the four two three one. Sometimes he played a, a very odd looking four two four. And it wasn't. It wasn't until. The, uh, the Arsenal, Arsenal game, game, the halftime of the Arsenal game. Yeah. I don't want to talk about that, but we'll talk about we'll we talk all about, we, yeah. we all we all remember. Let's talk about the formation switch, not the game. We'll talk, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the formation switch is where is where our season really turned around. Yeah, 
I don't know if we started four two four four two three one whatever it was we started with four at the back. Yeah. I remember Brana was still in the lineup that game. Oh wow! Yeah, which is I mean that's a throwback. Looking, looking back on it now, it's a throwback. <laughs> God bless that guy. He's 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 a phenomenal servant for the club. But got blitzed three nil going into halftime. We come out. Bronislav Ivanovic walks off. Marcus Alonso, our new signing, walks on, and maybe we didn't perform phenomenal like like maybe it wasn't the greatest performance ever but it steadied the ship and it showed something that we haven't seen in a lot of managers in the past where he's willing to try new things yeah and the rest of europe took note i mean a lot of a lot of different teams across the world they they started switching to three back as well wenger took it pochettino took it a lot earlier than wenger did Mm -hmm. pep guardiola's system is you really can't even name that system i mean (laughs) He just he yeah, it's too fluid. He does this. It's it's way too fluid. I mean, he has his he has his sixes dropping in the center half. He has his center backs pushing wide. I mean, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. But you had Arsenal doing it. You had Tottenham doing it. When we played Everton at Stamford Bridge, my favorite game of the season. Ronald Koeman tried it, and we smacked the shit out of him five <laughs> nothing. I don't think Lukaku got a touch in the first half. I mean, yeah. he might have touched the ball once or twice, but. That was as masterful as a performance as it's, I've ever yeah, seen. It's, it's humbling, you know. Like what, what did when you people try to copy what you're doing? What did you what did what, what did you think when you saw that? I mean, like like well, what, what's going through your mind? Because I know in my mind, I'm thinking, this is something special. You don't you don't just do that to an Everton team that is not no, of course not. I mean, they're no slouches. No, they're not, and you know they they have. They have the pieces to to run. They could hurt three, us. They, they have could. the pieces to run a three five two, but honestly, not to the same extent that we have. Obviously, no, it, but yeah. my point is, I I I I take it as like a, like a humble like a compliment that people see our success and they try to replicate it by copying us, but. They can't. They can't. They can't live up to it because you, you, they don't have the same amount of talent. They don't have the right manager. You know, it doesn't work for everyone. No, it, but it works for Conte. It works for the players that we have. So I'm not complaining. Yeah, it, it's it's. I'm, it's I'm nice. very I'm very happy with this. I know, I know some people have pointed out that maybe a four four two is on the horizon next season for us. Now I don't know if you've heard about this song, but you know, I've heard it. I, I I've heard it a couple of times. And why change something that's not broken? What what's that phrase? If it's not broken, don't fix it. Yeah. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But if it ain't, if it ain't broke, not if it's not. If it ain't, if it ain't broke, if it ain't broke, yeah. yeah. So why would we even entertain the thought of this? I mean, maybe if we're going in full on attack mode, yeah, throw on another winger, get that, get the four at the back, and just go at them with six attackers. I think it's safer. That's that's the safer move. It's you, old, you play with it is safe. Yeah, you know you play with four back. It, you don't risk. Two, you have your you two blocks of four. You, you don't risk your strikers. You don't risk off. a counter attack, quick goal. You don't risk. You know if one defender makes one mistake, you know the ball goes through. You you can't make up for those things with with only three back. It's hard. But that's that's the whole point of the system. That ties you, in you with put, the brilliance. You put the two. Yeah, you put in the two wing backs, so they help out a lot. But. You know that's why we that's why bringing in Benucci would be fantastic too because we could push Aspi out to the right. Of course, wing. yeah, I, I'd love to see him play as a wing. Right. I don't think 
I don't think he's a center back. He's not a center back, but that's he's that, a winger. But that alone <laughs> solves two issues. I mean, you yeah, got, you, got, you bring in another center back, and if that means moving Dave to the wing back, then I don't I'm care how much it costs. He's great. Dave, let me tell you something. Dave is my favorite player. Here on comes this the team. Dave rant. By the way, I fucking adore Dave. <laughs> he is the man. Like he's everything that the club stands for. And he's everything that the fans love. I think he's everything that soccer stands for. Every manager really wants different. players like Dave. He's as professional as it gets, I If think. you can have 11 players... 11 Daves. 11 Daves. Like, yeah. <laughs> small, stocky, but full of heart, Daves. You could, you could, you know, that, that's a pretty good team. <laughs> yeah, he's not even... This guy just has the ability to play anywhere. He's a yes man. And I think, I think someone that you could compare him to... And I know he's a little bit younger, but Joshua Kimmich, okay. Bayern, yeah, that guy's a yes man. I mean, Ancelotti will play him at the six. He says yes, sir. He plays him at center half. He says yes, sir. Yeah. Today in the Confederations Cup against uh, against Chile, he was playing as a right wing back. Yeah. I mean, Dave will do that. Dave could fit in wherever Conte tells him, but it also ties in with the brilliance of the manager because we've never seen Dave leave his either the left back or the right back position until Conte came in. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of times where we really could have used him in other spots. He experiments with all different sorts of players playing all different sorts he of see, positions. He, I like it. He it's see, interesting. He, he's a footballing mind. I mean, he, he sees things that not 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 everyone sees. I mean, it's, it's going back to basketball, like you, you talk about positions, point guards, shooting guards, small forward. But really nowadays, if you're a big, you can play – Two through the you four. Can play, you can play one through four. Exactly. Yeah. So it's the same sense in this. So if you know, if you got the manager who's got the balls to put you in that position and supports the sur- probably got big balls too. Yeah. I mean, that's not. And then let's he puts not you, bullshit. You, and if you've got the supporting cast around to to you know make have the comforts and make that kind of change and do that experiment, then I you should do it more honestly. See, yeah, because I, I agree. Yeah. So we went a little off topic, but. You want Conte to stay. Yeah. Me too. Long Good. term. That solves the problem. Moving on. Our last section. Mm-hmm. And arguably our most ridiculous slash belligerent slash – I mean how would you describe I, it? I think the the perfect word is silly. Silly. Yeah. Oh, keeping it rated PG, huh? Yeah. I, well, I think we could say bonkers because this is a soccer pod. Yeah. We can say bonkers. We can say bonkers. It's absolutely nutty. It's, it is nutty. So we call this a shenanigan segment. Now, what we do, just to give you guys a quick breakdown, is we ask some ridiculous questions that not a lot of other Chelsea fans or Chelsea media ask themselves, but secretly they think that in the back of their mind. So our first question, based on last season, Mm -hmm. what goal or in-game moment made your nipples tingle? Because there's a lot of nipple tingling moments. Yeah. I chafed a lot this season uh-huh. just by my nipples tingling. So so what moment Bef- stood out to you? Before we go on, I really hope that this is a recurring theme. The nipple tingler <laughs> the nipple of tingling the week. theme. Because this is this is a really good idea. I mean, everyone watching or listening at home and they've watched a game with a, a banger from 20 yards out, they know exactly what we're talking about. Your nipples, they get hard as a diamond. And it starts tingling. Yep. That's a good feeling. Great feeling. You just you just can't let it you just gotta let out a scream. 
Sometimes you just gotta embrace the bulge. So, <laughs> so all right, we'll, anyways, we'll cut that. Yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah. We'll cut that out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that was too much. Thought it would be funny. Okay. So, this season, the moment that made my nipples tingle the most, I gotta bring it back to Arsenal. Eden Hazard taking the ball from midfield. Throwing Coughlin on his ass, doing a freaking... Where he should be. Yeah. Where he fucking should be. Yeah, on the ground yeah. or in the stands. He pretty much threw him into the stands. Pretty much. Just did a freaking helicopter move. I don't know what he was doing. Brought, usually when a player goes 1v6 like that... <laughs> 1v6, that's yeah, the thing. You know, that's really nice, but the ball usually ends up into the stands somewhere. But the finish, he hits the ball... Right into the ground, just goes pops over pops check. Right over Peter check. That, Poor Peter check. God bless his soul, but <laughs> y- you can't stop that. No, no one can stop that. You can do. And I just let out. How about how about Kosciani? How about he made Kosciani look like a better ballerina than the center? <laughs> I mean, what the fuck was he doing, dude? I, when you're going up against a player like Eden Hazard. Super, you know you can't you can't really think normally it's supernatural yeah he has something that like only like krypton could give you like, it's, it's, <laughs> he, his ability to see when a player shifts their weight and then move the other way is crazy all right zach you you tell me what season what moment during the season made your nipples tingle there was a couple but mm-hmm. one stood out and because it was against tottenham mm-hmm FA Cup semifinal. I think you guys all know, but Nemanja Matic gets the layoff from Hazard. <clears throat> That's exactly the noise I made. <laughs> like, I don't. I, we didn't discuss this, but literally, like, dude, that's the noise I made. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a cross between a grunt <laughs> and a moan because, my God, that was just. And I think. The goal by itself obviously was beautiful, but I think the fact that it was Matic who who came in he, he, out of everyone who was in that game, you really don't expect him to be the person but, to come through. But that's through. the thing, like like he did it against Everton last season. I mean, granted, he's one for forty, yeah, know, from exa- from that kind of distance. Exactly. But, but the but the best part about that was when he got the ball passed back to him. You hear everyone in the crowd shoot, <laughs> and the second it left his foot. I got up off my couch and I literally told myself in my head, if he misses this, it will be the biggest shame in football history because this was just an insane setup. And the best thing about that goal is every game after that, every time the Monument matches, touch the ball outside the box, everyone would say, choo choo, they want another one. It was, it was definitely a goal to remember yeah. and one of the best Chelsea goals I've ever seen. It's pretty great how my favorite goal was against Arsenal, yours is against Tottenham. That might come up a little bit later, but we'll go on to the next question. This is a pretty fun one, I guess. So, I'll put it that way. I mean, so if you could choose any player on Chelsea right now mm-hmm. to date your hypothetical daughter, oh, and we're hoping that you don't actually have a daughter. No, I want Can you to. confirm? I mean, I don't want to sound sexist, but I'd like to have all sons. No, I'm just it's saying, ideal. I'm asking my if girlfriend's you, gonna kill me, but I'm it's asking ideal. If you have a daughter right now, no, that you know, no, 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 no. <laughs> no. Okay, I so, don't have a daughter. I'm, so, I'm nowhere near ready to be a father yet. So, you're like your hypothetical daughter. Date any player on Chelsea? Who would it be? Pa- Why? Past or present? We'll go. Yeah, past or present. 
You know what? Fuck that. Present. Golo Conte. I think a lot of people will agree with me, but let, let me explain to you why. First of all, there's no way this guy is not using protection. There is no way. I mean, this guy is the protector. Second that's, of all, he's beautiful. That's what he does. <laughs> hey, okay. we're, not, we're not bashing the way the players look, but okay, but, yeah. but, 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 but imagine this. And, and this is my scenario that's in my head. Imagine if my daughter, Gola Conte, walking down the street, they're on a date, doing her thing. Like that, you know, that that typical Sketchy. purse snatcher comes by, grabs my daughter's purse, starts running away. What better person to retrieve the purse by picking him clean yeah. than, than N'Golo Conte? Like, no, no card, nothing. It's going to be as clean, sweet. The guy will probably go- keep running. Yeah, he, he has a know. purse in his hand. Yeah, it's... And I, I even question whether someone would even, like, try to take it in the first place. I mean... <laughs> He's a scary looking guy. I'm not going to mess with anyone. And if he takes my daughter's virginity, I'm pretty sure he could retrieve it. So, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, that's my pick. That's my logic. Okay. That's always an option. But, but what about you? Okay. That was a great answer. But let me, <laughs> let me start off by saying, too, I pray that God doesn't give me a daughter because I'm going to be super defensive over oh, yeah. there. And if he does give me a, a daughter, She's, God, please, please protect her boyfriend because I'm not going to be easy is she, on him. Is she going to be a bigger blue than you? <laughs> she will. She's going she she's, she's to be a Chelsea supporter for sure. She has to be. Um, so with that being said, I'd probably have to go with Kennedy. Kennedy? Yeah. He, we, 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 didn't, we didn't go over that one. Okay, he rarely gets you playing change, time. Change your answer on me. He rarely gets playing time. And when he does play, he doesn't get many touches in. So, <laughs> and... <laughs> And he'll probably oh, be, he'll probably be gone by the start of the season, so I won't have to worry about him. You won't have to worry about him, you know? Dude, yeah. you know what? Props. That's yeah. uh Definitely. Kennedy, you can date, you can date my hypothetical daughter. Just make sure you leave by the end of the summer. Thank you. Oh, my. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we probably shouldn't be we talking, shouldn't be talking too, too directly to players. Yeah, you're no, right. No, no. Because, but, yeah. But anyways. They love me. How, how about this last question? And I know this is a question that would probably appeal to a lot of Chelsea fans. So, who do you hate more? Arsenal or Tottenham? That's easy. Is it? Manchester United. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. You know, no no, no explanation? No I, nothing? I think you, my you, answer explains itself. Manchester United. He literally said that with a straight face. Like, he was dead serious. So, if there was an all the above section, I'd probably I mean, answer. I'd probably that, think that. That goes without saying. Manchester United. Wow. Sorry. Yeah. How about you, Zach? I I picked Tottenham. Uh huh. Because I don't feel threatened by Arsenal. Granted, the FA Cup, but that was a one-off. The FA Cup. It was a one-off. I, I don't want to talk about it. I it wanna, was a one-off. I want to say one thing. The FA Cup was only invented so that Arsenal and Liverpool fans can forget about the shitty season that they had. <laughs> And they can be happy what about, about... What about Man U fans? Man U exactly. fans too. Like, yeah. Granted that we've won a couple, but FA Cup... I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be saying this, obviously, if Chelsea won, but I'm only saying this because Chelsea lost. It doesn't matter. Just, but next year when Chelsea wins, I'm probably going to say it's the most important competition in all of the world. Just for the record... <laughs> I think the FA Cup's a very valuable trophy. No, if it you definitely could, is. I'm just you, trying to make myself feel better. <laughs> if you could win a trophy, fucking go for it, dude. Like, seriously. Like, if any chance to put silverware in our in our cabinet would be great. But I picked Tottenham because I fucking hate Tottenham. And 
as much as I hate them, there are some players on that team who I do feel threatened by when we do play them. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely see that, but it hasn't been a long-term threat. Arsenal no. throughout my life... I'll be has, surprised. Has won Premier League titles. They've never won Champions League, but they, won they always League. contend. Throughout your life, you were like seven years old the last time they won a Premier League that's title. That's fine. I was growing up. My cousin was a huge Arsenal fan. Oh, and he, so that's the stuff I grew up on. That's the stuff that sticks to your subconscious and you can't, you can't ever get you rid of it. You can't get rid of that. Yeah. No. So, so it, yeah, I thought, so if I were to pick a serious answer, I'd pick Arsenal. Okay. But that, that, that's fair. Yeah. Fuck, fuck Man United. Fuck too. Man United though too. Fuck all, fuck everybody in like the top six. Like, exactly. We should. Everton is okay because Everton's they have a cool. they have a Persian owner. That's awesome. Oh, shout out, shout out to that guy. I shout out to the Persians. You had to shout out the Persians, huh? Yeah, in case I'm, any of you are wondering, Sam's Persian. I am. So, well, Sam, my friend, we did it. That's, that wasn't that bad. I thought we did pretty pretty well. That's the end of the pod. Zach, I think you have a future in podcasting. I think you could definitely make your own show. I this is our first. Pod, oh, you're so right. I'm gonna try and be a little humble here <laughs> and bring ourselves back down to earth. Um, yeah, I think this is something that could that could be sustainable. Some. So that being said, if you guys enjoyed the pod, uh, feel free to let us know if you have any questions criticisms we're always looking for ways to make this thing better and but don't be too critical if you, talk chat shit get banged remember chat shit get banged all right jamie Vardy, <laughs> calm calm down but if you guys want to if you guys do feel the need to reach us you could follow our twitter at romans empire pod or you can email us at romans empire pod at gmail very easy they're both romans empire pod it's the same exact same, same exact thing and we didn't realize that until like right before the podcast. Yeah. Anyways, thanks for tuning in and keep the blue flag flying high.